amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday, and it is May 18th, 2018, and the rains just keep on coming in New York, although we did get a little respite from them today. I hope wherever you are, you're doing well. Perhaps the weatherman is doing a little bit better by you, hopefully, but I do thank you for joining me this evening. It's always great to catch up with you at the end of the week to go over the lunacy that most likely has come to pass for quote-unquote normal in this tumultuous, chaotic, and very perilous era. So I thank you. If you're familiar with me, then you know that I'm a retired senior special agent with the former INS, the Immigration and Naturalization Service, an agency that frankly was sliced, diced, dismembered, mismembered, God knows what was done to it, when DHS, the Department of what I came to call Homeland Surrender, was created. For far too long, politicians from both sides of the aisle have seen in immigration uh, not opportunities to protect American lives and the jobs of American workers, which, after all, is the fundamental principle that was um, you know, underlied or underlay the creation of the old Immigration and Naturalization Service, the principle that guided the um, passage of the Immigration and Nationality Act, uh, variations of which we still enforce. Today, the politicians see in immigration opportunities for cheap labor, campaign contributions, an endless supply of clientele for lawyers, especially immigration lawyers, and let's not forget how many members of Congress are attorneys. So they find that by sitting in Congress, they can pass laws that feather their nests and the nests of their friends in the so-called legal profession. Um, So we're doing everything we can as a country to ignore our nation's borders, ignore our immigration laws, even after, think about that, even after the 9-11 Commission to which I provided testimony made it abundantly clear that first and foremost, not only the terror attacks of 9-11, but other terrorist attacks were only possible, only possible, because of multiple failures of a dysfunctional immigration system that political leaders, so-called, from both parties, have done everything possible not to fix but exacerbate. So when you hear this nonsense that the immigration system is broken, you know who you have to thank for it, and really, folks, it's not broken. The immigration system has become the most efficient and effective delivery system This side of FedEx and UPS delivering up an unlimited supply of cheap exploitable labor and unlimited supply of foreign students, including the students of countries that are our adversaries, such as China, and uh, an unlimited supply of um, tourists, and finally, an unlimited supply of clients for immigration lawyers. So with that in mind, we need to understand the impact that the globalists have been having on us. And to this end, I created this radio program to try to provide the perspectives the mainstream media abjectly refuses to provide. I also write for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. I write for The Social Contract. I occasionally provide articles to Newsmax. I hope to be expanding to other websites as well. This past week, uh, I was on NRA television. Um, I was also on a bunch of radio programs. I was also on the Hagman Report, which is an Internet television program. This is about providing you with information you must have because it is almost impossible to turn to the mainstream media and hear or read or see any report 
that's honest about the immigration issue. You know, when they have stories about science or medicine or uh, criminal justice, not immigration, though, murders, kidnappings, weapons, there's no shortage of former law enforcement professionals who have specific experience in those areas. No shortage of former astronauts or doctors or biologists to talk about cancer or astronomy or the sciences. No shortage. But when the topic turns to immigration, with few exceptions, uh, Fox does bring on um, former head of, well, he's actually still the acting head of ICE, Tom Homan, bring, uh, brings on the head of DHS. But for the most part, when immigration is the issue, the mainstream media does not bring in former immigration agents. It's not an accident that it's not that there's a shortage of people they could bring on. It's simply because the goal is to distort what's going on, to mislead the American people. And for quite a while, they got away with it, you know, but it's as though Abe Lincoln said, or as Lincoln said, you can fool some of the people some of the time and all the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. And I think the American people are starting to get it. I believe that's why Donald Trump was elected. And so um, not long ago, a young lady uh, interviewed me. Her name was Georgie Borman. She writes for The Federalist, a conservative website. They do a good job over there. I've been reading their articles. And she asked me what I thought about the policies of Attorney General Jeff Sessions to split up families when families bring their children illegally across the border. And I decided, well, this is a a perfect opportunity to weigh in. And, And, you know, the fact that as a conservative she was concerned about the humanitarian side of the issue is not a shock. What's a shock is how people have come to believe that there's a huge division between liberal and conservative on immigration. This isn't a left-right issue. This is a right-wrong issue. And Americans generally are compassionate. It's something that we should be proud of. It's a virtue. It's our strength. But, you know, con artists know how to play to people's emotions. They know how to see, for example, in compassion, weakness that can be exploited. So when Attorney General Jeff Sessions said, well, we're going to separate families from their kids because we're going to be prosecuting the adults. Everybody got upset. This young lady said to me, do you think it's fair to separate adults from their children? They said, well, first of all, we have to know who, whether they're really their children. They could be in the custody of smugglers. We've seen that happen frequently enough. But when Americans commit crimes, they go to jail. Think about it. Does a judge ever say to a bank robber, Gee whiz, Charlie, I know you stuck up the bank, but you know what? I'm not going to put you in jail because you have a five-year-old son at home. That doesn't happen. There's nothing in the sentencing guidelines that say, well, if you have a children, if you have children, a child, then you're not going to go to jail. Not in the law. It's not done that way. There are many people serving lengthy jail sentences, not even for violent crime, but so-called white-collar crime, tax evasion, money laundering, Ponzi schemes, whatever, they're sitting in jail. Their kids are growing up without them. Yes, the kids may get to visit them for a couple of hours a week, but essentially those children are growing up without their parents. Their spouses are on their own. They're sitting in jail. And no one says, gee whiz, the guy has a wife and kids. They focus on the crime and they say, okay, the guy committed a crime. He's going to jail. If you run the border illegally, you don't enter undocumented. This is all part of this lexicon of newspeak created starting with Jimmy Carter and continued by one administration after the other, both sides of the aisle. George W. Bush was just as good at this as as was Jimmy Carter. Ronald Reagan gave us the first amnesty and then even included a provision that we, where we as immigration agents couldn't share amnesty materials with any other law enforcement agency, whether it was the FBI, DEA, homicide detectives, all other immigration materials we would certainly gladly share. They're looking for a guy that's running around with a bomb. We're looking for a guy who's a, 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 a serial killer. And if we had photos, addresses, relatives, names, we would turn that all over and try to help them do their job to get someone dangerous off the street. But under the Reagan amnesty, if you dared provide information that was purely in that amnesty folder, which had a big red flag over it, by the way, to warn you, don't you dare divulge this, 
because if you as an agent turn that material over to any other law enforcement organization, and I don't care if you're told the guy has two atom bombs in the back of his truck, turn that over, you're going to go to jail for five years, lose your pension, and, and lose your freedom, and lose your paycheck. Why? Because both sides of the aisle are in on it. Why do you think the Republicans didn't want a border wall? Lots of talk, yakety, 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 yammer, 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 and we're going to scream about Mr. Obama, we're going to scream about Nancy Pelosi, and certainly what they did was outrageous. Don't misunderstand me. I am no fans of either of those characters. But where were the Republicans? What happened when push came to shove? Did they vote for the wall? No. Did they vote for more ICE agents? No. What did they vote for? Bupkis. Why? Because they were thrilled, I believe, that Mr. Obama was doing what he was doing. They got their cake, and they, they got to have their cake and eat it, too, as the old expression goes, because they had the photo ops. They could stand at the podium and pound away. Oh, the president did this, and oh, the president did that. And what did they do about it? Nothing. It's a win-win. We can criticize the president. We can get out there in front of the cameras. We can rally our base, and we do nothing. So that flood of illegal aliens, that flood of cheap labor, that flood of foreign tourists, foreign students, and clients for immigration lawyers, they're charging full steam ahead, and I can scream all I want, and everyone's happy, and my campaign contributions keep on rolling in. And once a week, I'm going to get in front of the cameras, I'm going to pound the podium, and I'm going to excoriate the president, and I'm going to excoriate the other politicians, but I'm not going to do anything about it. It was a win-win for the Republicans. It truly was. And the Democrats, my goodness gracious, they've all ignored the findings and recommendations of the 9-11 Commission. Uh, last week I spoke about a piece that I did for Front Page Magazine about Iranian sleeper agents in the United States. Please read it. By the way, if you find these materials interesting, please Post it on Facebook. Please forward the links to your friends by email, by whatever means possible. Be part of my bucket brigade of truth. Because if you look at what was contained in the hearing and what I wrote about in my article was how Latin America has become a hotbed for Hezbollah, for Iranian shock troops, the Quds forces. They are working in close coordination with drug cartels, alien smugglers, and they are as much behind the push to get aliens into the United States across the southern border as anybody else. That's a great way, terrible way for us, to sleepers to make entry into the United States and embed themselves, hide in plain sight. It's not only Mexicans or Latin Americans coming across the border. People from all parts of the world, Asia, Africa, Europe, they're coming across the Mexican border. Think about that. So please understand that this isn't simply, oh, we don't want to let the dishwashers in or the guys that are going to mow lawns, and then you listen to this nonsense about what xenophobes we are. This is a threat to national security. Uh, here's a sentence to think about. This came from the testimony of one of the expert witnesses this past April about sleeper agents from Iran. And, and the uh, witness, by the way, was Dr. Emmanuel Otolenghi, of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracy. So, so here is the, the statement. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites. Cooperation includes laundering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing and selling illicit substances to distant markets. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's arms procurement, its terror activities overseas, its hold on Lebanon's political system, and its efforts both in Lebanon and overseas to keep the Shia community loyal to its causes and complicit in its endeavors. And Now listen to this. This toxic crime-terror nexus is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America that is helping drive drugs and people northward into the United States. It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs. It is helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency 
in multiple countries across Latin America. It is thus facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists and a continent-wide terror infrastructure that they could use to strike U.S. targets. So we don't know who the hell is coming across the border. Let's be blunt about this. How in the world does a responsible political leader turn around and say, we're not going to secure the Mexican border? Now, I've made the point, and I'll keep on making the point until my voice stops working. Simply securing the Mexican border won't keep us safe. But you know it's kind of like a boat that has a bunch of holes in it. The boat is going to wind up at the bottom of the lake even if you plug all but one hole. And certainly the Mexican border is a huge gaping hole that must be plugged. But there are other holes that are equally dangerous. The idea of giving lawful status to people whose identities are unverifiable, whose entry data is unknown, uh, and we're talking now about DACA. Millions of aliens could qualify if that judge who ordered the president to restart, not a law, not enforce law, but to resume policies of the prior administration. This is madness. Judges are supposed to rule on law, not on policies, but yet you have a federal judge passing judgment on a policy, not a law, and telling the president, you must maintain a prior administration's policies unless the president could prove it was illegal. Think how insane this is. This is so far beyond the pale, it's almost science fiction. Has anyone in the media made that point? Of course not. Because they're jumping up and down cheering, yay, we want globalism. Until, God forbid, an atom bomb goes off, then maybe they'll have a different perspective unless they get incinerated. And if anyone needs to be incinerated, I believe it's people who don't give a damn about us. I'm not, I'm not calling for violence, but goodness. What are you thinking? Talk about poetic justice. How can you look at the 9-11 Commission report and not say, my God, we are threatening the lives of Americans. We must seal those holes before people die. And you have so-called journalists, fact-finders who are out there cheering on a train wreck. That's what they're doing. They're advocates for a train wreck. The 9-11 Commission was crystal clear. And we know that we face these threats. We've had more terrorist attacks since 9-11. We've also had other attacks that thankfully were thwarted by law enforcement, by the intelligence services, by dumb luck, and by the ineptitude of the terrorists. But we also had deadly attacks. The, the Tsarnaev brothers, think of the Boston Marathon, the hell they created. Think about San Bernardino. We go down a whole list. So in this dangerous era, we have an attorney general who is getting the reports, and I, I'm sure that they're far more detailed and, and more worrying than anything I've even described to you. And he says, okay, we've got to stop this flood. We have to reduce the numbers so we can deal with them because we're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed. We can't deal with the flood. We're standing in front of a fire hydrant with an eight-ounce glass, and we can't catch it all, and every drop of water might be poisonous. How do we stop the flood? Well, you stop the flood by deterring the activity. How do you deter the activity? You get out there and you tell people, if we catch you, you're screwed. Everyone's up in arms over this? Really? When they tell you, if we catch you texting and driving, we're taking your car, your license, etc., no one says, gee, that's not fair. We catch you driving drunk, you're going to jail. We're taking your car, we're taking your license, we're taking your wallet, and they have sobriety checkpoints in the middle of the street. No one says anything. No one says, oh, does that violate the Fourth Amendment? Of course it doesn't. It's perfectly legal and it makes sense. No one says a word. Drunk drivers kill people. So do criminals and terrorists. The selective blindness and stupidity blows my mind. So when uh, this young lady asked me about Senator Sessions' policy, I was very clear. And if if you like, you can go read the article, um, the title, Sessions' new border measures aren't as bad as media portray, but they could be better. I don't know if they could be better. Maybe if we had more people out there making arrests, but she and I disagree. And by the way, as Americans, we're entitled to disagree. Because I know she said to me, you know, if that was my child, I'd be upset. I said, well, that's the whole point. Would you bring your child across the desert? Would you put your child at risk with alien smugglers? You know, and and she quoted me when I talked about the women that I arrested as an immigration agent who was smuggled into the United States. And many of them told me flat out 
that before beginning the journey to America, once they knew they were going to do this, started to take birth control pills because they anticipated being gang raped. That's who you're going to entrust your children to? So this isn't a normal situation. You don't take your, your, your eight-year-old little daughter and say, honey, go with this nice man. What could possibly go wrong? So how do you prevent the train wrecks? You do what every other law enforcement organization does, except this is immigration. This isn't about drunk driving. It's not about tax evasion. How many people go to jail for tax evasion and they have children? And yet you see the IRS doing the, having them do the perp walk as they arraign them in court for lying on their tax returns. Right? The message is clear. Violate the law, there's consequences. Jeff Sessions turns around and says, okay, violate our borders, and there's consequences. What is unreasonable about that? The answer is there's nothing unreasonable. It's just that our citizens have for decades listened to the lies and the propaganda from political leaders from both political parties who treat immigration like a joke. You have that genius, Jeb Bush, my goodness gracious, saying, oh, illegal immigration is an act of love, an act of love. I wrote an article where I said that old Jeb was looking for love at all the wrong places. What kind of act of love is violating our borders, which is supposed to protect us against terrorists. That's not an act of love. That's an act of crime. So we have Bush talking glowingly about people running the borders and saying, oh, they did this out of love. Wow. Wow. If that doesn't take your breath away, and if that doesn't make you thrilled to death that he lost the bid for the presidency, I couldn't believe he was running for the presidency. I don't think this guy could, should be running to the bathroom. How in the world do you refer to violations of American borders at a time when we're fearful and concerned about cartels and gangs and terrorists entering, the America, entering America illegally and say that that act is an act of love? It is outrageous beyond words. And then, you know, you had that genius Mitt Romney. Well, it's good that he has all that money. And he says, well, we ought to be stapling green cards onto the diplomas of foreign students so they don't go halfway across the world after they get their degree. Well, why in the world are we educating foreign students and we should be educating American kids? Because we have been listening to politicians for decades who absolutely hate their fellow Americans, who don't give a damn about their fellow Americans, who see American citizens as speed bumps to their wealth power and twisted egos that's my judgment and it's both parties full disclosure if you know me you know i'm registered as a democrat i'm a labor guy well when we studied labor we learned that when employers brought in strike breakers when there were strikes when the labor unions were organizing they gave the very unflattering term scab labor to the strike breakers right they crossed the picket line there was violence it was pretty ugly Today, why aren't we thinking of illegal workers as scab labor? The American workers aren't going on strike. They're showing up. They're punching the time clock. They're working for their employers. They're giving the employer loyal service. And in exchange for their loyalty and hard work, they're being fired, being replaced by workers from India, being replaced by illegal aliens at the bottom rung of the economic ladder. But every which way the American worker is getting screwed and the facilitators have been both political parties, screwing over American workers. Never mind that the wages that foreign workers earn flow out of this country faster than water goes through Niagara Falls. We're probably losing $200 billion a year in remittances, money being wired out of the United States. And if you look at the multiplier effect, $200 billion times three or four, whatever you believe the multiplier effect is appropriate. Economists have a little bit of a debate about it. Guess what? Those remittances by themselves more than account for the annual growth in the U.S. national debt. So America's getting screwed. American workers are getting screwed. But politicians, hey, Chester the molester, Dennis Hastert, Speaker of the House, from what I read, came to Washington worth a couple of hundred thousand and left Washington worth millions. Do you think he was saving his paychecks as, as a member of Congress? We see this time and time again. You go to Washington, 
You wind up wealthy if you're willing to play games. And there's a lot of gamesmanship going on in Washington. Donald Trump doesn't always get it right. I sometimes go nuts because I, I wish he would tone down the rhetoric once in a while. But this past week, he got it exactly right. When I was on NRA television, they ran a tape of the president describing MS-13, the cartels, the child molesters, as animals. The local radio station here in New York City, major station, immediately said that the president called immigrants animals, and there was Chuck Schumer jumping up and down, my grandparents were immigrants, how dare the president say that about it? The president didn't say it. In fact, I'm now convinced that Donald Trump doesn't have to say anything. If Donald Trump had laryngitis or, or took a vow of silence for three days, there'd be reports in the media about what he said, even if he didn't say it. doesn't matter. They make it up as they go along. They don't just exaggerate. They don't just lie a little bit. These are science fiction writers. Uh, I've investigated MS-13, and you know what? The term animal is not appropriate. Because when I think of animals, I think of dogs, I think of cats, and I happen to love pets. I love animals. Animals generally don't kill for sport. Animals generally kill only under two circumstances. They are hungry. They don't go to McDonald's. They don't have a wallet. They don't take out some money and say, give me a hamburger. So in the wild, animals have to kill to eat. Just that simple. They're predators. Or they kill when they are threatened. It's called self-defense, and humans do the same thing. So the only two reasons why animals kill, unless they have rabies or they're ill or something is going on, generally it's for survival, period. MS-13 doesn't kill for survival. They kill for sport. They kill for ego. They kill to gain members. You know, it's about rape, kill, control. That's their slogan, rape, kill, control. That's what MS-13 does. So when President Trump said they were animals, instead of agreeing and saying these individuals should never be allowed to set foot in America, and if they're here, they need to be removed, the president gets jumped on because God only knows he called these horrendous creatures animals. How dare he? How dare he? Don't you dare tell the truth. You see, this whole business about immigration has been sold to the American people by a propaganda campaign, starting with Jimmy Carter when he ordered that we stop calling aliens aliens. Nothing wrong with the word alien. It's a legal term. It's found in the Immigration and Nationality Act. And what does it mean? Any person, not a citizen or national of the United States. Where's the insult? Where in the world is the insult? There is no insult. The problem with the word alien is it provides clarity. And when you are a con artist, when you're a swindling thief, which many politicians are, let's be honest, let's be blunt, both parties, I'm an equal opportunity offender because they offend me. When you are a deceitful swindler, you conceal your dirty deeds through the language that you use. We always talk about the unscrupulous businessman who has you sign, and they warn you, look out for the small print. Right? What do they mean? Look out for what you're not seeing. Years and years and years ago, I remember before there were consumer groups, there was a company that actually had teeny tiny print that looked like a smudge. It wasn't even a paragraph. It was like a circular kind of a smudge. And, and, and the words in there, if you didn't have a very powerful magnifying glass, you couldn't read it. And then the company took these people to court and said they're violating one of the provisions they signed for. And they had the chutzpah to say, and here's the words, and they presented it to the judge. That's what's happening with immigration. We're being told these are the immigrants. And if you don't want immigrants to come to America, since America is a land of immigrants, you're a xenophobe, you're a racist, you're a nativist. Well, let me tell you, as far as being a nativist, I am. Because to my thinking, a nativist means that we take care of Americans first. It has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with religion, has nothing to do with ethnicity. Families take care of their children before they give money to charity. No rational parent would give money to charity if they didn't have the money to put a meal on the table before their children go to bed at night. 
they'd be irresponsible parents. Child welfare would probably come and take their kids from them. That's all that we're talking about here. But you would never know it to listen to the lies, the blather, the Chuck Schumers, the Nancy Pelosi's, the Barack Obamas, the Hillary Clintons, and yes, the Ronald Reagans and the George W. Bush, uh, on and on and on. And we finally have a president who says, well, let's put Americans first. We finally have an attorney general who gets it, Jeff Sessions. I'm a huge fan of Jeff's, who finally gets it. And that's why they're being attacked. How dare they stand up for the average American? Why do you think they are frantic? Why do you think that the president has trouble with both his own party? It's not his own party. The Republicans aren't the party of Donald Trump. No, the Republicans aren't on the same page with Trump. Some of them are, but as a party, they have a stroke every time he gets in front of the cameras, not because he might say something that's inappropriate, but because he believes in sovereign borders and putting Americans ahead of anybody else. Oh, my God, what is he thinking? What is he thinking? John Kerry went to a graduation at a university when he was the Secretary of State. And this is during the campaign. I couldn't believe what he said. I wrote a piece about it. And he said, this is the, the ceremony that Donald Trump would hate. There were students graduating from, I don't know, 88 countries, whatever the deal was. America must stop looking inward and start looking outward and celebrate the successes of India and celebrate the successes of these. Why in the world would the Secretary of State of the United States want to celebrate the successes of another state and not America? Don't look inward. Well, of course, don't look inward. When Barack Obama was in the White House and we saw the madness going on, the influx of of tens of thousands of gang members with the unaccompanied minors, of course he didn't want Americans to look inward. Nothing to see here, folks. Keep moving. Don't pay attention to the damage we're doing to you and your children. Don't look inward. And so I wrote an article where I said that judging by the speech that uh, Kerry gave, that speech should have been delivered not by the Secretary of State of the United States, but of the Secretary uh, General of the United Nations. This wasn't the speech to be given by an American leader. It was a globalist speech. And that's the reason you're witnessing all the craziness going on in Washington. That's why you have this Judge Bates turning around and telling the president, you have to maintain DACA. DACA isn't law. DACA, in fact, was an end run around the Constitution. DACA was an executive action taken by Obama when he didn't get his way by Congress, and he stood there in the Rose Garden and said, Congress failed to act, so I'm acting. What a lie. And and no one reported on the lie. Congress voted against comprehensive immigration reform. Congress voted against the DREAM Act. So it wasn't that Congress didn't act, it's that Congress didn't act the way he wanted. So clearly, DACA, which was supposed to be deferred action, which was a compassionate program that we used to use in immigration if there was an illness in the family so people wouldn't have to go to their home country and leave an injured or ill family member behind in the United States, he took this one-by-one case situation for humanitarian purposes and attempted to drop a net over millions of illegal aliens, as it was nearly 800,000 illegal aliens benefited from the program. And now that President Trump is in the Oval Office and says, I'm going to end the program, it's wrong, the judge says, oh, you can't do that. You have to show me it's illegal. It's not a law, judge. It's It's a policy that was wrong. It was wrong-headed, and other judges have ruled that the policy was illegal. There's no law that backs up this notion of giving illegal aliens permission to remain in the United States and work because. Because is not a legal term, okay? But that's exactly what DACA was. That's why you're seeing the pushback. And, and, and And so we see articles in the media that can drive you absolutely off the deep end. Uh, There was an article, for example, and this is really a beaut, New York Magazine. Um, They have a a, a column, if you will, called the Daily Intelligencer. Nothing much intelligent here, though, be forewarned. So here's the headline. This was written April 11, 2017, so this is about a year ago. But you, you just have to see this to believe it. Sessions calls for prosecution of those 
who quote-unquote harbor undocumented quote-unquote aliens. So in other words, the word harbor and the word aliens to them is not proper language. Let me just read this to you because when, when you sit here reading it, I don't know about you, but it gets my blood flowing a little bit more rapidly. Donald Trump may never get Congress to pay for his border wall. He may never get the courts to back off his travel ban. But there's one thing our system of checks and balances hasn't, t- hasn't taken away. Actually, it says hasn't take away. I-, I guess the guy has a problem with grammar also. Hasn't taken away from the president's nativist base, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Now, now just check this out because this blows my mind. On Tuesday, Sessions issued a memo calling on federal attorneys to ramp up the prosecution of undocumented immigrants, and then in parentheses it says, or aliens in quotes, as he calls them in the memo. Yes, Senator Sessions or Attorney General Sessions made up the word alien, made up the word alien. Go to Section 101 of the Immigration and Nationality Act, I believe it's item number three on that list of definitions, that defines alien as any person not a citizen or national of the United States. But the article says, as he calls them. In other words, the Sessions calls them in the memo. He was using the legal term that the nitwit who wrote the article hasn't bothered to read, I guess. Maybe these reporters ought to read the immigration laws before they write about the immigration laws. What a novel thought that would be. No, that would make them too much like real journalists, and we know that they're not journalists or anything but and it goes on and says, he call, uh, 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 the prosecution of undocumented immigrants or aliens, as he calls them in the memo, for identity fraud, document theft, and fraudulent marriages. He also implored federal prosecutors to crack down on those who, quote-unquote, harbor undocumented immigrants and instructed the Justice Department to pursue felony charges against immigrants who entered the United States illegally on more than one occasion. Okay. So let's break this down. Harboring is a crime. If you harbor a fugitive, you're committing a felony. Fugitives can be bank robbers. They could be a guy that's running away from the police. You hide him in your house. Illegal aliens are hiding from immigration authorities. If you harbor someone, you hide them from law enforcement. The crime is known as harboring. If you want to do it on an immigration matter, go to Title Eight, United States Code, Section 1324. Harboring is a felony. Jeff Sessions didn't make it up. Congress passed the law. Okay? But don't get in the way of the law here, folks, because that might make sense. So we, we have this wackadoodle, so-called, I don't know, what, what, what do you call this guy, writer? He's certainly not a journalist. His name is Eric Levitz, who obviously has problems understanding simple issues. The word harbor is, is, is pretty simple, uh, Maybe he thinks the harbors were a boat docks. You know, maybe he didn't realize there's a second definition for the word harbor. Now, let's look at identity fraud, document theft, and fraudulent marriages. Those three crimes, if you read the 9-11 Commission report, and I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission, were the key methods of embedding in the United States by terrorists. Think about that. Identity theft, identity fraud, document theft fraud marriages. Many of the terrorists use those very tactics. So Mr. Levitz is all torqued. His panties are in a twist because the Attorney General, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of the United States, who swore to uphold the Constitution and defend America from all enemies, domestic and foreign, said, hey, we're going to go after aliens who get involved with the crimes. Now, it wasn't stated that these were the crimes used by 9-11. And they're also, by the way, crimes committed by other people as well. But those crimes in particular, and I'm sure that that's what um, Attorney General Sessions had in mind, were most frequently crimes that were committed by terrorists and not just on 9-11. So you have an attorney general acting responsibly. You have an idiot writer acting irresponsibly and foolishly spewing propaganda. And then immigrants who enter the United States illegally. No, they're not immigrants. They're illegal aliens, okay? And if you enter more than once, you are committing a felony of unlawful reentry, Title VIII, United States Code, Section 1326. And in fact, as I've mentioned on this program before, 
um, I'm proud of the fact that I had worked with then Senator Al D'Amato, and he conferred with Rudy Giuliani at the time, and we created Section B of 1326 that makes unlawful reentry by criminal aliens, aggravated felons, so-called, a crime with a potential maximum penalty of 20 years in jail. And I had the privilege of making the first arrest in New York City, and it was a Dominican dirtbag who had lost his green card because he had been convicted on multiple occasions for narcotics-related crimes and crimes involving violence and firearms. And when I picked him up, he was smug as you could possibly imagine, spoke quite good English because he had lived in the United States for quite a few years, and he was doing time for his latest conviction for drug-related crimes, trafficking. He wasn't walking around with a joint in his back pocket. And he said, oh, my ride is here. I hope you washed my limo so I go back to home. You know, I'll be riding around in a nice, shiny car. I said, well, you're going home, but your new home will have bars too. And guess what? He told me I was a liar. We had him arraigned. I went to his sentencing, and he got to spend five years in a federal cage. Boy, was he upset. And boy, did I smile. It made my day. So you have a, a, a writer. I will not call this guy a reporter, um, a novelist, a propagandist, all upset because you have an attorney general who looks at the immigration laws and says, okay, prosecutors, your job is to prosecute people who violate our laws. Prosecute them. Holy smoke, what was the attorney general thinking? He gave instructions to federal prosecutors to do their job and prosecute people who are committing crimes. He didn't say, go out there and make stuff up. Oh, that's right, the journalists do that. The journalists do that, you see. So Mr. Levitz is jumping up and down. Why is he calling them aliens? Why is he referring to harboring? Well, maybe if he read the Immigration Act or read other criminal laws, he'd understand why. Maybe if he read the 9-11 Commission report. But it might have words that are too big for him to understand. That's also a distinct possibility. God only knows. How in the world do you criticize an attorney general at a time when opiate addiction has become so severe that it's destroying lives and families? There was just a report on 60 Minutes last week about how pervasive opiate addiction is, that now grandparents are raising their grandchildren because their own children are strung out on drugs, they're in jail, they're in rehab centers, they are physically, mentally incapable of raising their own children, so the grandparents have to step in. Well, guess what? Heroin isn't manufactured in the United States, boys and girls. It comes into the country from outside the United States. It also, as we saw in that article I read to you, uh, or the congressional testimony, rather, that I used in my article, it funds terrorism. It funds terrorism. So we're talking about a a crisis that's greatly exacerbated by non-secure borders. We're talking about the enforcement of laws that were enacted by Congress that have been on the books since at least 1952, when the Immigration and Nationality Act was enacted, and I know that those laws were part of the prior laws also. But understand, this has been going on for well over a half century, actually a lot longer than that. And now all of a sudden, Mr. Levitz jumps up and down and says, oh my God, they're going to prosecute people for harboring, quote-unquote harboring. These aliens, quote-unquote. Read the law. Read the law. And by the way, um, the reason that aliens are supposed to carry proof of alien registration goes back to the Alien Registration Act that was passed just about at the beginning of, this, of the Second World War. The Alien Registration Act was passed in 1940, 1940, almost 80 years ago. Alien Registration Act. Did you catch the word alien in there? And by the way, the A in Dream Act is alien as in alien minors. But don't tell that to Mr. Levitz because he's got them in quotation marks. This is a make-believe word that was made up because Sessions obviously is a bigot. Nativist American? Yes, I will go back to what the term nativist means. I wear it as a badge of honor. Because when I look at American children 
American black kids, American Latino children, Americans of every flavor, living in poverty, extreme violence, drug addiction. I want to protect American kids before I protect kids of any other country. I want to be charitable to the world, but I don't want to sound like one of those beauty queens who gets in front of the audience. They ask her for her platform, which I really find amusing. You know, 19-year-old girl in in an evening gown. What is your platform? Well, when I rule the world, my platform is to end world hunger. That's great. Congratulations. Let's start with ending hunger in the United States. Let's start with dealing with the fact that one in four or one in five American children now live in homes that are below the poverty line. Let's start with that. Let's start with that indeed. So when you look at the way that the media portrays the issue, and you have people that will sip these articles or guzzle these articles down and say, oh, my God, what is Jeff Sessions doing to these poor people? Folks, we admit more immigrants than the rest of the world combined. You have Governor Cuomo who stood there thumping the podium not long ago and saying, I'm undocumented, arrest me. Good try, Governor. This is madness. And the governor said, we're going to protect the immigrants from immigration. Why? Immigration officials admitted the immigrants into the United States. I did that job for four years. I was thrilled to hand people their green cards. We used to hand it to them at the airport. They came in with the visa packet. We would process it. They would sit there and wait, and then we would hand them their green card. And I was happy to do it. I was happy to admit refugees who were coming from Russia and other countries back in the 70s. We didn't have terrorists coming in back then. We didn't worry that if we made a mistake, the person might turn into a mass murderer. That's the problem with refugees today. Yes, some war criminals snuck by us. Some members of the Russian mob got in that way. Uh, Certainly not good. But we weren't at risk of admitting people who would likely take a car and mow down a bunch of bicyclists on the west side of Manhattan. Okay? We weren't dealing with the Tsarnaev family that... um, produced two wonderful sons that that created havoc and death and destruction in Boston. This is a different era. But when I hear this nonsense that we're going to have to shield immigrants from immigration, that's, again, a dangerous lie, and I say it's dangerous, and this is why, folks. Assaults on immigration law enforcement personnel, whether it's the Border Patrol or ICE agents or deportation officers, Assaults have more than doubled in the past couple of years. Why do you think that's happened? Look at the anti-police rhetoric of Obama, of Hillary Clinton, of the mayor of New York. Anti-police rhetoric. You put people in harm's way to defend America. Look what just happened in that terrible shooting today where a retired police officer is in critical condition. He charged at this piece of work that was wielding the gun, 10 people killed, He charged at him. I've lost friends in law enforcement who were doing their job. It's dangerous work. It's dangerous work. And, you know, it's just so funny that these politicians who are so quick to vilify law enforcement hide behind them wherever they go, hide behind them, but then criticize them at the same time. It's just mind-boggling. Um, If you look at how many incidents there are of law enforcement officers being injured versus how many times people uh, report or there are reports about a law enforcement officer who exceeded his or her authority, it's unbelievable. By and large, law enforcement officers do a decent, honest, honorable, dangerous job. They don't make a lot of money doing it. They don't wield a lot of power. You know, that badge makes law enforcement officers more accountable then it provides them with authority. In New York, the cops call the badge a shield, not, not a shield, rather, but a tin. Because a shield protects you, a tin doesn't. And an old-time cop told me a long time ago when I first became an agent, he said, well, we call the badge a tin because don't for a heartbeat think it's going to protect you. If anything, that piece of metal is going to make you more accountable. Never forget that. And he was right. He was completely right. But you look at the rhetoric, vilifying the men and women who put themselves on the line literally day in, day out, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing if they're going to return to their families in one piece when the tour is over. 
and you have these politicians out there making these dangerous statements. Nancy Pelosi referring to ICE agents as cowardly. You know, your head wants to explode. And it's remarkable because you can't find it online, but I do know I watched it. Not long after 9-11, she went to Mexico City and said that immigration agents were acting as terrorists in the immigrant communities of the United States. So she goes to the country that shares our border, that sends us the bulk of illegal aliens coming in from Latin America, border runners, that sort of thing, and tells a rally in Mexico City that American immigration agents were essentially terrorists. And this woman was Speaker of the House, third in line in the succession for the presidency. This is the kind of madness that permeates the discussion today. Lack of honesty, lack of candor, lack of morality, lack of reasonableness, lack of ethics. It's pretty much summed up how all too many of our supposed politicians are today. A generation ago, this nonsense would have been unconscionable. If you ran a movie like this 30 years ago, nobody would have believed it. If Tom Clancy had written a book five years before 9-11, where he predicted 9-11 and then accurately predicted everything that has happened and accurately predicted everything that has not happened since 9-11, his publisher would have told Clancy, hang it up, Tom, you've lost it. This isn't believable. Maybe not believable, but it's exactly what's happened. And I blame we the people more than anybody else. I blame we the people for not being involved. We are the employer of these politicians. If you ran a business and allowed your employees to get away with the crap that these politicians get away with, you would go bankrupt. You couldn't stay in business a year. Why in the world do we, the people, permit this madness to be foisted on us, on our nation, and on our children and their children? Look, We have to get serious about the elections that are coming up. We've got to get serious about our responsibilities as citizens in the United States. The politicians have learned that they can push us around and get away with it, and we've done nothing to dissuade them of that notion. These politicians are getting away with murder. People are dying because our borders are wide open. 9-11 happened because the Clinton administration refused to take the information that became available after the 293 terror attacks in the United States, I testified before Congress, May 20th, 1997, about visa fraud and immigration benefit fraud, specifically because of those two deadly attacks in 93. First, the Pakistani by the name of Kansi shot up the CIA in January 93, killed two CIA officers, wounded three others, and then we had the first bombing at the Trade Center that killed six and over a thousand people, almost brought the tower down sideways. You would have thought, you would have thought that the President of the, United, of the United States would have looked at that hearing and would have said, we've got to act to protect America. And he did not. He did not. It literally and figuratively set the stage for 9-11. And then along comes George W. Bush and puts together the Department of Homeland Security in such a disastrous way that John Hostetler, who was a Republican, conservative Republican, this took huge courage on the part of Hostetler, made it clear that the way that the administration had put DHS together violated the Homeland Security Act. The Homeland Security Act was passed because of 9-11. It was passed because Congress said we've got to secure the borders and enforce the laws, because that's the reason 9-11 happened. And Hostetler was crystal clear. He said, look, 9-11 didn't happen because the smoke, these, these terrorists brought weapons in. It didn't happen because they brought agricultural products into the United States. It's because they themselves were able to come here and hide in plain sight. And yet they took immigration, bad as it was, cut it into little pieces, combined it with other law enforcement entities, and basically did all sorts of damage, making it impossible to secure the borders or enforce the immigration laws. And this was 44 months after 9-11. And after the hearing, I remember walking out and being angry that I hadn't drawn the connection about that element of time, 44 months after 9-11. 44 months after 9-11, we were told by the 
um, GAO official, Richard Stenner, who in those days headed up GAO's effort to monitor homeland security, immigration law enforcement. And he said that they were still working on a mission statement for immigration 44 months after 9-11. A mission statement. They were still trying to figure out their priorities for immigration 44 months after 9-11. And what dawned on me right after the hearing was it took the United States 44 months after Pearl Harbor to end the Second World War and end it successfully. And in order to accomplish that incredible goal, we built fleets of airplanes and ships that had never existed before. We built submarines and aircraft carriers and amazing fighter planes. We went from biplanes, which is what we're flying with the Navy, the Stearman, back in 1939. And by 1945, the P-51 Mustang ruled the skies and had a service ceiling of more than 40,000 feet. And it could travel, I think it was close to 400 miles an hour, one of the most beautiful airplanes ever built. Our country built and designed that airplane during war, built other airplanes, built the B-29 bomber, built nuclear weapons in 44 months. We lost more people on 9-11 to 19 terrorists than we lost at Pearl Harbor to the entire Japanese fleet on December 7, 1941. And yet 44 months after 9-11, they were still playing with a mission statement. This is an example of the level of incompetence that now passes for quote-unquote leadership by a bunch of bums who shouldn't be in elected office, who shouldn't even be entrusted to mop the floors. And we put them in control of national security. Why in the world are we shocked that we are in the situation that we're in? Why in the world are we shocked indeed? When you hear politicians refusing to hire more immigration agents, you know there's a problem. Why don't they want to hire more immigration agents? Because they don't want illegal aliens deported. And they don't want illegal aliens discouraged from coming here. This is kabuki theater, folks. And both sides of the aisle are responsible. And I will tell you right off the bat that the good lad bill does not call for the hiring of more agents. Maybe Mr. Goodlatte would like to explain it, but I do know he's an immigration lawyer. So maybe that does explain it. We need people who actually worry about the well-being of America and the well-being of Americans, not the well-being of their bank accounts and how many clients they can bring into the United States to placate their friends, not how many foreign workers they can bring into the United States to displace American workers and drive down the wages of hardworking Americans. Alan Greenspan referred to Americans with high skill levels as the privileged elite earning a wage premium because they were being shielded. They, the American workers, shielded from foreign competition. So when he wants to reform immigration, what he's really talking about is remaking the laws to stop shielding American workers from foreign competition. And therein lies the problem. The journalists aren't covering the story truthfully. The politicians have an agenda, and we as Americans are left to fend for ourselves. And that's why we do this program, or why I do this program every week. Uh, I'm doing my best to provide you with honest answers to the questions that the politicians won't even allow you to ask them. I'm proud to go on programs that are willing to tell the truth. I'm proud of certain politicians who are trying to do the right thing, but they are few and far between. And the reason for it is because we right now have the best government money can buy. And as Americans, we don't have the purchase price. Think about it. Anyway, um, I hope that what I've told you this evening helps you to understand the issues better. If you find the program is worthwhile, I ask that you please let your friends and neighbors know about my program, my website, the, my, uh, the program, of course, is the Michael Cutler. Or my website is michaelcutler.net. Please go to frontpagemag.com, Front Page Magazine, the social contract. But please, folks, I ask you to get involved because, you know, I always like to make this point at the end of my programs. Democracy is not a spectator sport. I very much look forward to seeing you again right here on the Michael Cutler Hour next week. But meanwhile, I wish all of you a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Take care. See you next week.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.